Welcome again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel, and this is a spiritual resource for daily living. We are on lesson number 11, day number 2. So, Paul wants a united church. Paul knows the risk that it will take, and he's willing to do it. What, what will it take to see his the Jewish brothers in Christ that he loves so much to extend the hands of acceptance to the Jewish, the Gentile Christian brothers that he also loves and desires to see united. How is this going to happen? Well, the story continues now in Acts chapter 21, and I'm going to extract something from here. You can study the rest of the lesson, as I said on the previous episode. You can go to ssnet.org.org and study this lesson on your own and that's my hopes that you will not just think that because you listen to this podcast everything that could be uh, extracted uh, obtained from these lessons has been I'm merely skimming the surface and trying to just pull out little things and I'm hoping that you will study it and bring to the class this coming Saturday some some personal insights that you've discovered yourself so please do study it out uh, either on your phone uh, downloading it on the iOS app or the Android phone or like I said, in the computer at ssnet.org. Paul wants a, this, this uh, division to be removed. And so the Jewish leaders, the, the, the leaders in Jerusalem, think they have a way out. Which for me opens up my to my mind, at least the scriptures opens to our, our minds, this reality, even church leaders can give bad advice. Even a pastor can give that advice, and I'm a pastor. So take things, any anything a human being tells you, take it with a grain of salt. You will have, you know, good advice, and hopefully the, the person you're asking, the spiritual leader, is a leader that will, with humility, ask God, what can I say to this person? And Lord, if there's nothing, then shut my mouth. I've often prayed that. And I need to pray that more often <laughs> um, because I, I have influence and I have weight as a pastor. And if you're a church leader, or a deacon, an elder, or a fellow pastor as well, we need to be cautious because this part of the book of Acts, this story, hurts my heart. The, the bad advice that the church leaders gave, it seemed good to them. Uh, I wish they would have done the Acts 15 process of praying together and asking for the Spirit to show them the better way. But... It stands as a lesson for us. We're humans. The leadership that we serve under are, are humans. I am a human being. We all need to um, consider what we say to one another and ultimately bring it before the Lord. The lesson at the very end says, He, Paul, was not authorized of God to concede as much as they asked. This is from a book called The Acts of the Apostles, page 405, which means that God was not asking Paul to do what he did. The Nazarene sponsor these other Jewish people for the Nazarene vow, etc., etc. But I want to do something right now that um, the lesson does not go into. But I want us to think about this. Have you ever been evil spoken of? Has something been said about you that is not accurate? And it's been done intentionally or even unintentionally. Something that is just not true about you. And has that declaration about you that's not true been starting to spread around? This is part of the issue. Uh, the, the Jerusalem leader said to Paul, hey, people here think of you this way because that's the rumor that's going around here that you're te teaching Gentiles to have complete disregard to the law of Moses. We know it's not true, but... And so they, they come up with this horrible plan for Paul to, 
to undo that rumor, which is what I want to talk about. How much energy should we invest in trying to undo false rumors? And I'm going to be specific within the church. As, as a Christian, uh, whether you are a, a lay person, a new Christian, a church leader, it's, it's a matter of time before something begins to get around that may not be or is not true at all about you. How should we as Christians relate to that? Of course, we have Matthew 18. We talked about that in a previous lesson. But here we find, I believe, something else. Um, the, the energy that was invested in this plan backfired horribly. Which for me makes me think, sometimes what I think will vindicate my name or clear up the misunderstandings may actually make it worse. And we have, um, I, I believe, something from Jesus himself that I think can speak some, some peace into our experience of how do we undo this. Um, I've been reading from my devotions, Matthew chapter 7. And uh, I've been, for the past three or four days, reading about the false prophets. And Jesus makes this statement, you will know them by their fruits. And he finishes in verse 20. That was verse 16. Verse 20 says, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 20 so then you will know them by their fruits. Um, maybe if you and I stay focused on Christ, stay connected, the things they say may be wrong and hurtful, make us angry, make us feel justified in retaliating, but maybe if we just simply ask God to give us the grace to move forward, continue with the ministry God has called us to fulfill, the fruits will reveal to anyone and everyone who wants to know who we really are. When I thought about that, it's like, yes, amen. That's, that's I think, an awesome solution, along with Matthew 18, of course. And then I thought about Jesus in John chapter 10, verses 37 and 38. Um, Jesus, right? Who could ever say anything wrong about him? You read the Gospels and a lot of things were said about him, about his family, his, he was... Uh, he, he was of a legitimate birth, which is a huge insult. He was demon-possessed. He was Beelzebub. All these evil things are being said about Jesus. And Jesus, in Acts chapter 10, verses 37 and 38, I think gives us something that should help us at least, to a great degree, experience closure on whatever may have been said and allow us to move forward. In John chapter 10, verses 37 and 38, says, if I, do, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works, so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Jesus is saying, all right, you, I, okay, you don't have to believe my words. You don't have to believe what I say to you. But at least observe what I'm doing and believe that. Use that as the evidence as to whether you should believe in me or not. The works. What Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 7, the fruits. But you know what? People saw the fruits of Jesus and there's just unmistakable evidence that those, those fruits uh, agreed, affirmed that Jesus was the Messiah. And yet, these religious leaders, in spite of seeing the works, chose to believe the lie about him. And this is the reality of our world. And this is the reality of church worldwide. There may be individuals that will prefer to believe the lie about you than the truth about you. And you need to just move on.
the Lord will and may vindicate you, may correct wrong views about you. But your conscience needs to be clear before the Lord, period. And if that's what you have, sleep good at night. Don't let the enemy consume you with what are other people thinking or saying about me. Paul would have gone in a different direction if the leaders would have approached that from that perspective. Jesus himself appealed, believe me because of my works. And yet people chose to not believe in him in spite of the evidence. And if they will do that with Jesus, I should not expect to be treated any better.